This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Hi, g'day. My name's Brad Koneman. I'm one of the pastors at Anchor Church. Welcome to Anchor Online. I'm so excited to open God's Word for us this morning as we continue going through the book of Hebrews in our Burn Your White Flags series. Wherever you're tuning in from, uh, whether you're sitting on your couch in your living room or out in a park somewhere, watching on your phone, if you're watching by yourself or, or, or with your family or a small group of friends, we're so glad you've chosen to join us. And we hope that you'll engage with the message online uh, through the online chat. If you've got any prayer needs at the moment, we'd love you to hit live prayer, our Our team is there, ready to engage with you and pray for you in these uncertain times. There's so much going on in our world, so many changes every day, every week as the news is coming out. And we want to love you. We want to support you. We're here for you in this time. And we believe that more than anything, at this time of COVID, with all the change and uncertainty, that we need to recenter our lives on Jesus and on God. And so this morning, we're going to be opening God's word. And continuing in Hebrews, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11 this morning, living by faith in a time of uncertainty. Now, before all this happened, it seems like the world in many ways was a certain place. You know, we knew the sun was going to rise in the morning. We'd wake up, have our breakfast, go to work. I'd go bouldering on my lunch break. And now gyms are closed. Workplaces are closed. People are working from home. Overnight, the world has become an uncertain place. There's so many questions, so few answers, so much uncertainty. Am I going to lose my job? Should I send my kids to school? Are the schools going to close? Am I sick? Do I have COVID? Am I going to make my grandparents sick if I visit them? What's going to happen to... The cafe that I love visiting if the doors are closed and what's going to happen to small businesses and casual workers? How long is this going to go on for? How bad is this going to get? How am I going to survive six months, maybe more of self-isolation? What am I going to do with myself? How am I going to keep myself sane? There is so much uncertainty in these days of COVID, so much that we don't know, so much changing. And so in these times of uncertainty, what does it look like for us to live by faith? How can we as God's people have a unique response to this crisis that marks us as different from the world, that actually offers the hope of Jesus to our world, even when we're socially distant? That's what we're going to be looking at today in God's word. How can we live by faith in a time of uncertainty? I know that I need God's God's help. As, as I speak to you this morning and you need God's help as we, as we open God's word to listen to him. So let's pray together and ask for God to speak to us and to change us and to give us certain hope and faith in the face of our uncertainty. I'd love you to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, we do ask that you would speak to us this morning. We ask that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see that you'd open our hearts to your word and that you might reassure us of your love. We ask that you'd give us a certain hope, a certain faith this morning in our time of uncertainty. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, if you've got your Bible there, I'd love you to open up with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to start by reading the very first verse, Hebrews 11, verse 1. And it says this. Now faith. What is faith? Faith is this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, faith is about what we hope for. What do you hope for? I think this COVID crisis has revealed the shaky foundations of many of our hopes. As the economy has crashed, as the share market has taken a nosedive, as most of our normal rhythms of life have been disrupted. It's like taking the walls off a house and seeing termite-ridden foundations. Uh, the things that we were putting our hope in, that we were trusting in for a better life, for a good life, have been exposed as faulty, flaky, not sufficient to support the weight of our hope and our life. Faith is about what we hope for. Where can we find a certain, stable, sure hope to build our life upon? I think at the moment, many of us are just hoping that we'll get through this, hoping for COVID to end and to return to normal life. And then again, we'll probably put our hope back in those same things that will fail us come the next crisis. Where can we find a hope that will endure this crisis and the next one that will get us through all of life? So hope is about, faith is about what we hope in, but it's also about certainty. I don't know about you, but I'm a very uncertain person, which frustrates my wife, Catherine. We'll be trying to work out what to do and She'll ask me and I'll say, oh, I don't know. We could do this or that or this or that. What do you want to do? And she's like, Brad, have an opinion. Come on. And I, I'm such an unopinionated person, such an uncertain person. It can be difficult for us in our relationship. But here we're, we're called to have certainty. And certainty about something that we cannot see. Certainty about God and who he is and what he's promised us. But we actually do this every day. We have certainty and trust in things that we don't see. This is how relationships work. You know, before COVID happened, you might have arranged to meet someone at a cafe at 11 o'clock for coffee or brunch, and you would have to trust that person that they would be good to that appointment and meet you there, or even that the cafe would be open, that they would be true to their word and that they'd be open when you turned up. All of our life is built on that kind of trust and it's true for our spiritual life as well. A trust in God, a certainty of what we cannot see. And so the question is really, is the person trustworthy? Can I trust my wife, Catherine, to be at the cafe? Can I trust the business owner to open their cafe? Can I trust God to be good to his word? That is what faith is. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then the author of Hebrews gives us all these incredible stories of people who have lived a life of faith, lived a life of certainty in who God is and his promises in the face of some incredibly uncertain situations. He says in, in verse 2 that faith is what the ancients were commended for. And then he goes through a, a biblical hall of fame. Characters that we are all familiar with, like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses 
and so many more who lived a life of faith in incredibly uncertain times, but were committed to trusting God, trusting his promises that he was good to his word. Now, we don't have time to go through every single character, but I thought we could uh, have a look at Abraham together, Abraham's story of faith. He is known as kind of the great man of faith in the Old Testament. And he, he kind of gets the most amount of airtime in this chapter as well. So you might remember God's promise to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12. God promised him a land. He said, go from this land. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make you into a nation and you will be a blessing to all people. But God didn't actually tell Abraham where to go. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham had no idea where he was going. Can you imagine that, being on an adventure, setting out on a trip, and you walk out your front door and you don't know where to go, and whose directions are you following? You've just been told to go, but you don't know where. you should I go left or right? Should I go north or south or east or west? I don't know. But Abraham went in obedience to God. God didn't tell him where he was going. Didn't tell him how long it was going to take there. But Abraham knew God's faithfulness, knew God's love, and chose to respond in obedience and trusting him and trusting the promise that he hoped for, that God would make him into a nation. And so Abraham went even though he didn't know where he was going. But then look down to verse 11 to 12. God had promised Abraham that he would make him into a great nation, and yet Abraham and his wife Sarah were grand... Well, they should have been grandparents. They were gray-haired. They were way past the age of childbearing. Sarah was barren. They'd hoped for children. How could God possibly come through on his promise to make them into a great nation when they couldn't even have one child? And so by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so God was faithful to his promise of giving Abraham and Sarah children. Uh, even though they struggled to believe that promise at many times, Sarah, you remember, laughed at that promise. Are you going to give me a child, God? No way. I'm way past that. But God came through. An uncertain situation of old age and a barren womb, and yet God was faithful and was faithful to his promise to give them children so that he could make them into a nation. And then you'll remember the story of Abraham and Isaac, where God tests Abraham's faith, tests Abraham's obedience, and asks him to sacrifice Isaac on the mountain. Have a look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Now, I, I can't even imagine what would be going through Abraham's head at that moment. My, my, daughter actually, my daughter, Eva, she actually refuses to read this story in our children's storybook because it's so traumatic, a father sacrificing his child. And we could spend a whole other message getting into the ethics of that. But what, what we... Um, what we see here is Abraham's trust in God, a trust that if God is faithful to his promise, he's even powerful enough to bring Isaac back from the dead, uh, to fulfill his promise, to make Abraham into a great nation so that God will bless the nations through him. 
And so Abraham, the great man of faith, despite experiencing so much uncertainty, not knowing where he was going to go, not knowing how he was going to have children, not knowing how God could fulfill his promise if he sacrificed his son Isaac. In the face of all that uncertainty, he trusted God. He trusted that God was faithful, that God was able, that God was loving to fulfill his promise. And he put his hope in him rather than in the circumstances that he found himself in. And the writer to the Hebrews holds Abraham and the rest of this hall of fame up to us as examples of faith for us to follow as well in our uncertain circumstances, that we too should trust in God's promise, trust in God's faithfulness and put our hope in him rather than in our circumstances. Now, I don't know about for you, but I, I'm like, man, Abraham, how could I possibly be anything like Abraham. My faith is feeble and weak. I struggle to believe sometimes that God even exists, let alone that he's faithful to his promise. How, how could I possibly be anything like Abraham? And yet we see throughout this hall of fame, this hall of faith, that each of these characters is actually weak in their faith, just like me and just like you. One of the verses that gives me great comfort as I seek to live a life of faith is verse 34. Have a look at that with me. Halfway through that, as, as the writer explains, man, I don't have enough time to go through all the other people we could talk about, those who did all these incredible things. He just has one little phrase. He talks about those whose weakness was turned to strength. That describes me as someone that is living in uncertain times, struggling in the life of faith to trust in God, to trust in his faithfulness, someone whose weakness is turned to strength. And that actually is a, a description of every person in this hall of fame. This is a description of me and of you, people with weak faith. And yet where God is at work in that weakness, helping us to trust in him and turning that weakness to strength. Weakness is where God wants us. In a time of uncertainty, we feel our weakness and it's actually an opportunity for us to turn to God, to renew our trust in who he is, his faithfulness and his promises. And so who is God in this time of crisis? What has he promised us? See, none of these heroes in this hall of fame actually received what they'd promised, but they believed in a God whose word was true and whose character is faithful, who would follow through on his word to deliver what he'd promised. And so at this time, it's an opportunity for us to remember what God has promised us. As the government ramps up restrictions on gatherings and as we move towards lockdown, and by the time you watch this, we may already be locked down. I read this morning that in Germany, they've restricted gatherings of more than two people. At this time of social isolation, it's an opportunity for us to remember that God has promised that he will always be with us. He will never forsake us. And for us to find our hope in that promise that we're never alone. As we're faced with rising figures of the death toll and people infected with COVID, it's an opportunity for us to renew our faith and our trust in a God who has promised to bring an end to sickness, who has promised to bring an end to disease, that Jesus will return to bring his kingdom, to make all things new, to wipe away every tear, to, to bring in a new age where there'll be no more death, no more dying, no more disease. Now, for, for many of us, those promises might seem 
unbelievable. How can I, how can I be certain of what I cannot see? And yet that is what this biblical hall of fame is commended for. Certain hope, certain faith in the face of uncertainty based on the faithful character and promises of our God. And as we feel out of our depth, in, as we walk this walk of faith, as we live by faith, the good news for us is that there is one who has gone before us. There is an author and perfecter of faith who has run this journey through all the crises that we face, uh, who actually paves the way for us to follow him. And his name is Jesus. He is the hero of this hall of faith. And we're going to look at him now in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, which says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The author in these verses urges us to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And we learn from these verses that the Christian life is not a sprint, but a marathon. And what matters is that we actually get through it. We get to the end. We, we learn in this chapter of Hebrews chapter 12 that God will often use hardships to refine us. He says down in verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. Further down in verse 10, that God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. And so even as we experience this crisis of COVID, this is an opportunity for God to refine us so that we can persevere in faith, so that we can run the race marked out for us, so that we can make it all the way to the end. Because it doesn't matter how you start, what matters is that you get to the finish line. That's the same in any race and it's the same in the race of faith. And the good news here is that we have a stadium cheering us on. Look there in verse, verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we've got this, these heroes of faith that have run the race before us, the author and perfecter of faith, our Lord and Saviour Jesus, who is cheering us on, urging us to get to the end of the race, finish the race and receive the crown of glory that is waiting for us. And so how do we do that? Well, he says, in verse 1, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Can you imagine running a race carrying you know, 40 kilos of sandbags on your shoulders? There's no way that you could run a marathon with that weight hanging off you. And it's the same for the life of faith. Imagine you, you know, those sandbags on your shoulders are your sin that's weighing you down, stopping you from actually getting to the finish line. If we want to run to the end, if we want to run with perseverance, if we want to make it to the prize, we need to throw off those sandbags. We need to throw off the sin that is tripping us up, the sin that's entangling us, it says. It's like an image of a net, you know, that's kind of tripping you up. You know, you're stumbling all over the place because of your sin. You've taken your eyes off the finish line. You're not in good running form because of your sin. 
And so I don't know what that, that is for you at the moment, um, what, what's tripping you up in your walk of faith, what's keeping you uh, from setting your eyes on Jesus, uh, but the author urges us to throw it off. Get rid of it. Let's take our eyes off the, the earthly sinful pleasures and fix our eyes on Jesus and the life that he has promised us at the end. And then right at the end, the final encouragement is for us to fix our eyes on Jesus. So in verse 2, he says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what are you fixing your eyes on? There are lots of things in this world that we cannot see. And right back at the start, we, we see that faith is certainty of the things that we cannot see. But there is one thing that we can know for certain. There is one thing in the life of faith that we can see and we can focus our eyes back on Jesus and his life, his obedience to the Father, his death on the cross for us, the way that he has overcome death, overcome sin, overcome the grave and risen to new life. That he is the forerunner of faith. He is the one who has run this race before us. He is the one who will get us through to the end and the author urges us to fix our eyes on him. Now for me as a spiritual weakling, as someone that struggles to believe, this is good news for me that yes, it's up to me to continue running, to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, to get to the end. But I have one who is actually committed to perfecting my faith, who will continue to work through me and work in me as I work out my faith with fear and trembling. And so, in these uncertain times, we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that he endured the cross for us, that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, he's ruling and reigning over COVID. He will come again to bring us into the kingdom of God. And so we need to consider him, we need to keep our eyes fixed on him so that at this time of uncertainty and fear and panic that we do not lose heart. So who is God calling us to be? in these uncertain times? How can we live by faith? In these uncertain times, where there's so much that we don't see, where there's so much that we don't know, what does it look like for us to have a unique response as God's people? What does it look like for us to live by faith in this time of uncertainty? Well, the answer that the author to the Hebrews gives us is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who ran this race before us, who is the one who will bring our faith to perfection on the last day. There are so many people that are losing heart. There are so many people that are growing weary as this crisis continues. And yet the author here tells us that there is a way that we cannot lose heart. There is a way that we cannot grow weary. And that is by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. And so let me encourage you church, as you might be tempted towards uncertainty and panic and growing weary and losing heart. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let our, let's renew our trust in God's faithful character, in his promise to be with us, in his promise to bring sickness and death and COVID to an end. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and let's also remember to wash our hands.